Welcome to Energetic Perspectives, a sacred space where I share an energetic approach to very human experiences. I'm Erin Panzarella, and I've been fine-tuning my spiritual gifts after finally being open to shift out of feelings of darkness that once felt too heavy to step out of. This podcast is an opportunity for you to settle into transmissions from the Akashic Records and receive tangible tools that help you get into receiving mode of the abundant and joyful life I know we are all capable of tuning into. If you are ready to further step into your light while opening up to new ways of being, you are exactly where you are meant to be right now. Before we dive in, I invite you to ground into the space with me by taking three deep breaths to center and clear some energy. Close down the eyes. Take a deep breath in through the nose and let it out the mouth. Deep breath in and let it all go. One more deep breath in through the nose and let it all out. I am so grateful that you are here with me in this moment. Let's get into the episode. I am so excited that you are here today for a very different vibe on this Wednesday release. Today I'm joined by my incredible guest, Kalina Maletic. She is a highly sought after leadership coach, TEDx speaker, author, and entrepreneur on a mission to help women build meaningful legacies. She's founded two companies, Kickstart Your Work and Chiefly, a podcast, The Lead Today Show, and a charitable giving clothing line, Lead Apparel. Kalina was named one of Business Insider's Most Innovative Coaches of 2020. And as a founder, author, and content creator, she's helped clients from 54 different countries to discover their calling. In her latest book, Memorable, she shares lessons that will help you find fulfillment and meaning through your work. This conversation is a deep dive into many of the deeper curiosities of life. Many of what came forward today is also what she talks about in her book, which, of course, that happens because there are absolutely no coincidences. I clipped so many different audios from this episode because the insights and golden nuggets of wisdom that Kalina shares are monumental. We talk about her own shift from external focus into both an internal focus and a focus on connection to God spirit following a traumatic brain injury from a car accident she had in 2019. We talk about creating ritual in your daily life and the importance of really taking the time to connect with yourself and with spirit. Kalina shares the importance of connecting with others, especially in person, by finding communities that are like-minded and also connecting with people that are different from you. We talk about the tendency to avoid the deeper questions and how many of us were forced to ask those questions to ourselves, especially within the last few years, and how that opportunity often comes after trauma or really hard and painful suffering that we experience. 
those moments can be times where we finally ask, why am I here? What am I doing? And they can help us shift in a direction that's actually more in alignment and more on purpose. I am so excited for you to hear this episode and to get to know the beautiful Kalina with all of her incredible insights. I mean, she is a projector and she embodies that wise sage energy so, so well. Magic is waiting for you on the other side. So let's get into the episode. I'm so excited that you're here. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Definitely. It's been months in the making. I think. I know it has been. Yeah. And I think even we did the program like a year ago. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> That's true. Like September, October, November. Yeah. Wild. Time is such an interesting. Oh my God. That's like <laughs> just time opens up the floodgates. Oh, it does. It does. All right, my love. So everyone who is listening to Energetic Perspectives right now is going to be greeted by an amazing guest today. I have Kalina Maletic, and we have been connected, but I'm really excited to connect more today and to have everyone who listens connect with you because I can just feel your energy. I know your energy and it's so beautiful. Hi. <laughs> Hey, I love, I love that I can see you. I think that's a lot of our communication so far has been, you feel the other person, you get the sense of who they are, but there's just something, you know, of course, if we're in the room together, but still, this is just already, I love, I love seeing you. It gives an added layer that I think is so important. So I I do feel connected today, which I really like. Oh my God. I feel exactly the same way. Even when you tuned on, I was like, oh, hi. (laughs) (laughs) So I always like to open up with this loaded question. Who are you? Oh yeah. Easy. Uh, <laughs> I th- the word that comes to mind for me is like seeking and curious. Those are, the, I guess the two words, actually, I I'm curious. I'm constantly perpetually asking questions of myself, of others, of the way the world works in order to learn and grow. I feel like that's really what I'm, I'm here for is to, to question and then to help others question so that they can, they can evolve and and change and go after what they want in life with bravery and, and courage. So, and by courage, I mean, with their hearts, you know, guided by guided by the heart and really by, and this could be controversial, but spirit or God, or, you know, whatever, it's higher power as well, really tuning into that and tapping into that. So who am I? I think I'm, I'm curious to go along this journey and to help others do the same in a very heart-based and really spirit-based way to allow their path to unfold and enjoy the adventure of it. So I think that's a (laughs) short way to put it. Oh, and what a beautiful way to put it. I can so resonate with that energy completely. I feel very much the same myself. And I wanted to see how you've gotten there. Have you always been curious? What has this path been like for you? Was it something that you were tuned into when you were younger and it's evolved since then? What does it look like? Yeah, good question. I think the curiosity for sure 
Um, I think the work for me has been in remaining curious when something is difficult or painful. Um, I think that's been sort of how it's evolved is I've always been curious about the outside world, about other people, really extroverted, wanting to get to know them. That's come easily to me and has definitely been since I was a kid. Um, Yeah. And the work has been more, okay, pain and suffering. And what do those mean? And what can I learn from them? And really going inward and listening to my intuition or that Holy spirit or that guidance that comes in, that part has been sort of where I've been evolving toward and really putting my focus in more recently. Is there any reason that that came through more recently? Did you see that you weren't curious in the darker parts and was there like an awakening for you or how did that unfold? Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, and even the impetus, I know we're going to talk about it later, but for my book, I think the whole sort of spark of having to look within and in in the darkness really was um, in January of 2019, I had a really bad car accident. So that really started me off because I had a traumatic brain injury and was really alone in my room in the literal dark with migraines and had to become very present because I, it hurt to think <laughs> literally hurt to think. So I, that put me very much so in the present moment and very much into, into alignment, I guess, with just, okay, this question of, of who I am I and what have I, who have I been so far? And is that what I want? And how, what am I even doing here? Like I'm alive. I made it out of this accident. So I'm here, but what? why? And I I think I had been avoiding maybe some of those deeper questions for the more surface level curiosities and like things like travel. I'd been traveling a lot, um, which is again, very external. I'd been very motivated by growing my business, which was very external, meeting people, dating. It was all very externally driven. And that really forced me to just, I had no choice in the matter. Um, So it wasn't, it wasn't intentional necessarily. It happened. And then uh, that's really what propelled me into just going within and not within in terms of necessarily my feelings, although I think it's part of it, but also within to tune into the bigger, uh, higher source of, of power, right? God or whatever. There's so many words, but that. So I feel like by going within, by being in the darkness, by being in the quiet, yes, I got to know kind of a bit about myself, but more importantly, it was this chance to surrender and say, no, hang on. I'm really not running the show here. <laughs> like I can, I can choose, you know, how to think I can direct my thinking. I can direct my actions and responses to things, but very humbling moment to say surrender and, you know, see that a lot of this is not in your control. That, that's what I learned, which was a hard hard one. Yeah, that is so hard. It's something I still have to connect with daily because I think I've even had harder experiences and traumatic experiences that made me remember it really easily in those moments, especially like immediately afterwards. I was like, wait a minute, what am I doing here? Like none of this matters. All these external things don't really matter. There's such a deeper connection underneath it all. And then as life goes on and we heal, I think I sometimes forget that again. And I have to always reconnect over and over and over. Do you feel that experience as well? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's really where the idea of prayer or meditation or people, I mean, there are different words or practices for it, but I think that's the value in, in daily prayer or daily contemplation is that we get these kind of jolts 
of awakening these moments. But yeah, you, you kind of get back into the day to day. We have a huge tendency. I have a huge tendency to be in my to-do list and in my email inbox or my text messages or just it's easy to be sucked into externally motivated activities or the external world. And so definitely I feel like there's so many, and that's where, I mean, this is getting into a lot, I think, but where, where religion has real value and it's not necessarily, I, there's so much with the church or with organized traditions that, you know, I'm not, nothing is necessarily perfect when it comes to humans. I think we, if it's a human driven organization, there are imperfections, but I think that is the, the a huge value and benefit of the church is rites and rituals is having these kind of checkpoints in life where you reconfirm that you're going to be faithful toward this bigger power. And then daily you have these prayers or contemplations that really keep it front of mind for you. So it's, it's definitely pushed me toward, I would say spirituality or religion or, or ritual around, around how do I keep this front and center for me? Because it's so easy. It's so easy to just get pulled away and sucked back into the external, externally driven and motivated things, money, you know, uh, influence or other people, what they think, all of that. It's so easy. And I do totally resonate with the fact that having a community that's dedicated to prayer and devotion in some way is so, I don't even like the word valuable for it, but it's like essential. In so yeah. many ways. And I have gone back and forth. Um, I haven't, I wasn't raised, like I was raised Jewish and spiritual and all different things, but I could see the appeal of like organized religion in a lot of ways, even though there's obviously dogma and all the things that come with that. And like you said, anything that's led by humans will also have its ups and downs for sure. And it's about discernment and also realizing underneath all of that, even underneath the imperfect humans that are doing it, there's something really valuable there and something really essential there. So I even just love that being brought forward because I think it's really easy to like be against something fully. It's very black and white, like, oh, they're bad. But if you go into the essence of it, it's actually really beautiful. Yeah. Whoa. That gives me shivers because it's, it's, yeah, it's that back to that word of contemplation and it's easy to be in judgment. It's easy to be in that place of judgment. But if you, if you get quiet, if you get still, if you really contemplate, then you can see and feel experience the essence of something, of someone, just like we did when we started this episode. When you slow down, when you get still, when you get quiet, you can tune into the essence of your environment. And that's, definitely essential and so valuable in a bunch of different levels. And I, I think we avoid that so much today. It's easy to be in distraction and judgment. Those are very instantaneously satisfying sort of feelings to just say, yeah, I'm, I'm better than you, or I have things figured out. Uh, but I think the more that we can slow down and contemplate and remove ourselves from I don't even, it's like this external sort of societal dialogue somehow. I mean, it, what I'm saying sounds convoluted, but it's sort of like there's this external kind of dialogue that's happening in the social media space and these different ecosystems that we have, environments that we're in. The more we can unplug and, and get kind of back to this essential part of our essence, 
I think the better we can interact in those ecosystems and also not allow them to define us as much. You know, we put ourselves into different ecosystems. I was just listening to Jocko, Jocko's podcast about this. Like we plug ourselves into different ecosystems and then we want to rise to the top of that ecosystem. But we've chosen to plug into that. The moment you step out of it, nobody cares. Like if you're in a podcasting, you know, group and so everybody wants to be this really big podcaster. But the moment you start talking to p- farmers or you know, people with kids, it's like, they don't, they probably don't even listen to podcasts. So they don't even care about. So it's like, it's interesting. We plug ourselves into these different ecosystems and then we're so consumed by rising to the top or success and some sort of external gratification, whether it's accolades or gains. And we forget that, Hey, the the real, the, the really good stuff is when we slow down, unplug from that system and really get ourselves into alignment with our essence and the essence of that higher power. So I don't know what your um, question even was. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> no, but I, I have, I have so much to go off of this in like two different avenues I can go down, but I want to go down this one right now. Just all the yes to what you just shared, because even just as a spiritual entrepreneur, there's so much noise in the space right now of like, you know, 10 K months, hundred K months and like all these things. And there's this, there's many different sides of it. Like money is energy and it's not good or bad. You know, it's neutral and we assign meaning to it and also helps us operate in this world. And that's amazing. And then I also see people getting so sucked in to being the best spiritual entrepreneur, the best of all these things. And then we lose the essence of what we actually came into this work for. And I wanted to, I guess, touch on this with you and see what you think here, because I know that a really big part of your work is like blending the spiritual. And I want to get into your work and what you do and just how you're able to work between these two seemingly very different things of business and spiritual and blend them together and merge them. So they work in like cohesion and for each other and not against each other. Yeah, it's a good question. I, you know, like we said about humans, I'm definitely, it's this curiosity and continued growth. So while I I think I've got some format for myself and, and my clients, I definitely think it's going to be a continual uh, source of source of work and growth and enjoyment. So I, you know, I, I, first of all, I think I recognize I'm never there. You're, you're never there until you, you die necessarily. So I think that's one actually big thing for me is that, you know what, how do you merge the two? It's remembering that you're mortal <laughs> somehow. I think that's part of it is saying, you know what, yeah, I'm, I'm striving toward this merging and I'm striving toward this place of being spiritually grounded in faith, grounded in that side while interacting with the world around me. But inevitably, you know what? I, I'll never be fully spiritually complete until I'm kind of, I'm gone. So it's like, there's a bit of, okay, look, I'm going to approach this imperfectly. I'm going to continue to move in this direction. I think having the direction, having the vision clarified, whether it is about money or what that those two things coming together means for you. I think having that definition for yourself is so important because I could tell you my definition, but that's a huge part of coaching too. I've been doing career and leadership coaching since 2016. Like I literally, I've coached over 5,000 hours. That's a lot of sessions to have people come in and 
whenever somebody's wanting me to give them an answer about anything, it's like core tenant of coaching is look, this is let, let's look at what you feel guided toward. Let's look at you. So I, that's another thing is really tuning into to myself. Uh, but how, how do you do the two? I think it's creating those, those rituals for yourself or those parts of your life so that you include both. I think it's making sure that there's space for both. Like we said, even in the beginning of the episode, right? It's sort of like something really traumatic or big, even good happens in your life. And you're reminded of how important and essential it is but then you can get pulled into the other side. I think it's this eternal sort of balancing and helping people to balance and remembering and coming back to it, creating ritual in your day, having, having both sides. And I know, I feel like that is being super talked about in the space, you know, ritual and meditate and all these sort of, I, I think it can look like whatever you need it to look like. I think it can be balanced. I go to church groups now, which if you asked me even a year ago, I would have never told you like, I'm going to go to a church group. I, I would never have put myself in that category honestly i would have i think i think 10 years ago i probably would have judged that as like you know why would you do that but i think something like that is for me a great mix of the spiritual and being you know in the in the present environment being with others being so i like kind of merging the two in a very concrete way of literally taking spirituality and engaging in faith with other people so that's like one way that i tactically do that for myself but that can come out in so many ways. You can do things that are just grounding you in your faith, like prayer, contemplation, meditation, time alone. I make sure I make time for that, whether it's just walking, but take, you need to create space, I think is how I have come to terms with it because it's all about where you allocate your energy, your time. So if all, if 40 hours a week are dedicated to external things and zero hours are dedicated to prayer, contemplation, tuning in with yourself well then of course right it's just objectively of course it's slanted so i feel like yeah. it's this checking in and kind of shifting and like you said making it essential i think is is how to to have that be at the forefront of your life is that it's non-negotiable completely and i'm so glad because this brings me back to what i wanted to bring up on the other side of what we were what <laughs> you were talking about um there was that concept of something being like easy in the moment, like a very like quick, like this is a quick fix, very easy versus a long-term gain that causes ease. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you just brought that together very well because it's like, okay, so finding time for yourself might not seem easy in the moment. And it's easier to like go to social media, scroll through all the things that's super easy and finding time for yourself might not feel easy in this moment. But if you keep doing it, then it creates a sense of ease in your life. And I feel like you brought that point up so beautifully before. So I wanted to maybe dig a little bit deeper into that with you. It's like, how do you create this ease? And I think you just answered it in a beautiful way of like making that time. But what if for the people that are saying like, I don't have the time. Yeah. I bet. I mean, the three biggest, I would say roadblocks I get, and I talk about this in the book, it's funny, <laughs> but, but I, I do, I talk, the three biggest roadblocks are, you know, not enough time, not enough money or resources and not enough experience. So some sort of self doubt, those are the three biggest things that people kind of come up against when they're trying to get to the other side of, of any transformation. I think it's like the very first thing. No, I don't have time for prayer. Like, well, how am I going to, I don't have the experience. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not good enough. I don't, you know, or 
money. I'm not going to hire somebody. I'm not going to hire help. I can't spend money on this right now. And so I think it's about looking at expediency versus meaning or sort of this, like you said, easy, but I wonder if it's like simple versus with ease or with ease versus like bringing peace and meaning. Like it's almost, they're, they're sort of different, right? One feels cheap. It's like this dopamine hit. There's actually a very interesting episode. Um, Dr. Huberman has this whole neuroscience lab. He has a, actually his own podcast where he talks about it a lot. And I find it fascinating because I mean, they, st- they do studies on rats and it's, it's funny. It's not very different. Like we literally are looking for that quick hit of dopamine, but actually the, the dopamine will have a more sustained release if we've actually worked for the hit. So it's sort of like, is it expedient or is it actually meaningful to you? And when, you know, I don't have time, well, how important is this to you? Another core question I'm asking people every coaching session, why is this important? Why are you spending time on this? If it's not important, don't do it, right? It has to be, is this essential for you? You know? And, and so it's, if you're making excuses to yourself, I think it's really a time to question yourself. And so that's why people have coaches. So they have that external reinforcement of questioning, but you can do this for yourself by being curious <laughs> again, core trait of mine. And, and, but that's the way I do it. It's like, do I really want to be doing this? Do I feel good after I, I scroll? It doesn't really feel, it feels good kind of while I'm doing it, but it feels like this quick hit. It feels like coffee. It feels like alcohol. It feels like things that I used to absolutely love, but it's a cheap, quick hit. And so am I just getting by or am I trying to really improve and and feel that sense of peace, that sense of meaning and fulfillment on a deeper level? It's like, what am I, what am I going toward cheap hits or meaning and fulfillment? And then once you kind of separate the two, I think like that, it's sort of like, okay, well, yeah, I want that no, I still want that cheap hit of like Instagram dopamine. And that's what I want. Okay. But then time box it, find a way to parent yourself. Honestly, that's another thing, big component that I talk about too. And that is so important to me is, you know, as a kid, you have your mom telling you like, get out of bed, go do this, go do that. You can outsource it. But as an adult, no one's coming to, (laughs) no one's coming to tell you like waste your whole night on Netflix and Instagram. And so I think it's finding that thing that's more meaningful and more fulfilling and you're willing to work for that nobody else can tell you, but that you're willing to spend the time on that is way better than Instagram, but you've got to find those things. And that's, I think where people come to me is, okay, well, I don't know. What are those things, right? For me, it's been this book is, you know, like, okay, I can be on Instagram. Wait, I have chapters to edit. I have, you know, things to pick out with fonts or whatever. And I'm excited about that. And I'm so excited that watching a bad show on Netflix or scrolling goes to the bottom of my list. So it's like finding stuff that's more important than that hit that when you do reach it, will give you that sustained dopamine and true sense of satisfaction. Because when you walk off of Instagram 30 minutes, one hour, two hours later, you're really left with nothing. And that's the problem. You're actually left with nothing. There's nothing you, you, you've got these kind of pieces of feeling of reward or that you've done something, they've achieved something, but there's nothing actually left. And that's where you get this crash of like, oh, this was really empty. So what fills me with meaning? What fills me with fulfillment? What am I actually willing to get off of Instagram for, right? Make it, nobody is saying you have to pick goals that suck. <laughs> pick, pick stuff that is willing, that you're willing and that is worthy for you to, you know, say, okay, look, this is cheap and unfulfilling compared to building a business or meeting with this person or reading this book 
or writing this book for that matter, or whatever, like going to the yoga class or sitting by myself because I'm going to read. I started reading, reading all sorts of religious texts actually. And I found that that was really like, whoa, there's this whole source of knowledge of the human experience that, you know, again, whether or not you want to get into the factual side of it or like without, yeah, I know it can be a triggering thing, but just any text that is full of wisdom, I think can really pull you away from the superficial and very kind of cheap and empty sources of, it's not even fulfillment. It's like satisfaction or something, just like this very, again, this reward center in your brain being activated, but you've done nothing. So I think finding something you're willing to put effort into to get the reward will pull you away from these cheap, very short, really awful sources of, of a reward hit that you're left after with nothing. Like it's sort of like a one night stand, honestly, or something like you get this like cheap hit of, okay, I'm good enough or I'm valuable or I'm, I'm good. I'm attractive or I feel connected to somebody and I'm just starving to be connected. But then the next day, you know, you're back alone and you didn't really get what you're looking for, which is like meaningful connection. So it's removing slowly as you can things that are so cheap and, and are just this, I don't, I don't, it's almost like instead of getting the whole, you're getting like the, not the fruit, you're getting like the peel or something like you're getting the, that's a, that's the vision in my mind. I don't know why yeah, I'm thinking ah, of that, I could but totally feel that though. Yeah. Like it's just, you're, you're taking the scraps of a situation. And so it's really getting to yourself and saying, look, I want more for my life. And actually I can get that. And I can get that one step at a time by finding things I care about to actually get away from these things. It's very people. It's so hard to motivate yourself. If it's coming from a place of, I should, I must, I need to, that's not going to get you very far and you'll dislike the whole time that you're doing it. But if you can be truly more interested it's like the when you take a trip or something and you're so you're having so much fun that you're not looking at your phone make your life so exciting and so meaningful that you don't even have time or don't want to give the time to look at your phone so for me i find that being around other people especially with the spiritual side but with most things actually i i enjoy being in community around the things that matter to me they pull me out of for the isolation part, I literally just have to put my phone out of my environment and I think get away from technology. That's why everybody now is talking about nature, but it can be even in your own bedroom. It's just finding that being able to isolate temporarily to get in connection. Um, that was your question. And I know that that one's really hard for people. I think the more that you can add it as a part of your day, even if you maybe start with an accountability partner and then move it, or if you have something with you, like a book or a text that you're kind of reading through something to kind of be that support as you build up that muscle, I think that helps. So either groups of some sort or resort, like a written resource of some sort, I find that those help because being alone, especially if you're not used to being alone, we're scared of what we're going to hear. We're scared of what, what, possibly we're going to say to ourselves and having to deal with it, deal with the way that we're disappointed with our lives and with ourselves and the way we're behaving. That's what's, that's what's scary. It's this elephant of man. If I sit there, I know that there are all these things that I didn't follow through on. I'm not really living in integrity. I'm not really being the husband or partner or wife or daughter or whatever. I'm not being the person I want to be. I feel guilty. I feel shameful. I feel inadequate. Oh man. How do I, you know, sitting with that is really hard. And then 
you have to do something to change it. That's yeah. the next step. And that's also very hard <laughs> or can feel hard. So yeah, lot, I said a lot. I don't know. I know. I loved, <laughs> I loved everything that you said. And even just thinking about like, I feel people are so afraid to feel like shame. And if they have enough time to think for like five minutes, they automatically go to like shame themselves for what they aren't doing. And devoting yourself to a practice like removes that kind of shame layer that would come if you didn't do anything. Like I find for myself when I devote myself daily to my practices, I'm like, even if I didn't do anything today and I sat in meditation, I did something beautiful for myself. And that came over time for me, for sure, to understand that it was so beneficial. And I feel like that's why people get really, really overwhelmed with thinking like, oh, I have to do like an hour of meditation every single day for the rest of my life. And I think when I first came into the spiritual journey, I thought that was true also. (laughs) And then I was miserable sitting on the mat, like thinking the whole time. And I was like, I don't want to be here. And then I realized like, oh, I get to make the rules here. And if I sit in five minutes, 10 minutes, and then I realized as I went on and on, took those very small baby steps, which I love that you shared about, like, it is like one step at a time, baby steps at a time, but like there's compound interest on it. And then it becomes so much easier to devote that time. And I love that you shared having like a written material, if you don't feel like you have community right now, which I know a lot of people, especially in spiritual spaces, they're like the only one in their life that's into something spiritual. And they're like, everyone thinks they're weird and they get nervous about what other people think. And I used to be like that. I used to have that experience. And now being in the space and opening myself up to connections, um, I've met a lot of people who are actually spiritual and we meet in community, but for people who don't have that community right now, books got me through. Workbooks got me through. And by having, like you said, like a, like a daily, like book that kind of keeps you accountable and you go through, I remember feeling so accomplished when I went through every single day of one of my workbooks and I felt like a different person. So I love that you shared that. And with that, I also want you to share, even though it's been mentioned a little bit about your book. Yeah. So I think one thing that you, you just touched upon, which is important too, is the community part. And a part of that is also mentorship. So if there are podcasts or people, you know, informally, or if you can start researching and looking toward people as not as a guru or as somebody that you have to follow without questioning, I think, again, like the basis of this is curiosity. Um, but if you find people that you want to emulate. And this is a big part of my book, every single chapter and there are 22 skills that we go through, but every single chapter is filled with mentors that have supported me. So there's a mentor's table in every chapter where we're looking at different people that have influenced my, my embodiment of that particular skill. So I think if there is a part of your life, maybe it isn't spirituality, maybe it's something else that you're questioning or wanting, wanting more from, or looking into different ways. I think for sure, having intentional people in your ear or around you that are also seeking or headed in that direction, questioning, looking, working in that direction. That's super important as well. Alongside, I think, I think in-person community as I know you mentioned community and online community is great. We wouldn't be here without online community. 
but there's something that I'm finding more recently. And I think this is again, sort of funny. I, it's not my intent to promote necessarily the church, whatever church that is, or, or, but I think that's what really worked well with churches and synagogues and mosques planted all over the world was a gathering place for people to worship. So I'm, you know, I'm not saying convert to Christianity or become a Muslim or like, you know, you've got to figure out what that community is. But I think having a gathering place locally is what people are starving for right now. And there's this network of, again, religious institutions that that's what they're for. And so I'm not, get curious about that as you will. There's a lot of, I think, bad blood from the past that needs to be cleared there. Um, and, and, and I think it's not without fault, as we've said, but I think that if, if it's not there, finding somewhere to gather that has similar beliefs, that could be spiritual, that can be more values-based, that can be both, but in person, there's just something that I don't think can be replaced. And that for me has been groundbreaking. I've spent the past 10 years, I started traveling in 2012, really full-time in 2014. And I was all over. And for me, it was yoga studios. A lot of yoga studios helped me to kind of, I could go anywhere in the world. Um, and as I sort of lived in Europe and Switzerland, because that's where my husband's from, I started seeing just how gorgeous churches are. I mean, I had seen Italian churches and churches all over, but there was something in Switzerland where I really started. I felt very alone, actually. That's what it was. I felt very alone in Switzerland because I had a hard time with and have a hard time with the German culture and the Swiss German culture. And um, I think, again, it was a moment where in isolation and feeling isolated, I, I had to seek out. I started looking for, okay, what can I depend on? Yes, I can depend on me, but what can I depend on beyond me when it gets really hard, when I feel really alone, when the world, it feels really dark and I'm doubting, what can I depend on? And so the physical, the physicality of having a place to go is really powerful for me. If it's not a church, find something. But having a having a physical place to go has changed my life because I was so nomadic and on the move. And even if you continue to be, I know a lot of people that, you know, go and go and plant yourself in different, even yoga studios or just a place that you can go to and be in that community of shared values. I, I cannot even saying it out loud today, I have not realized how important that has been in really taking me out of doubt, out of isolation, out of feeling sometimes, you know, without hope, like really yeah. just down and discouraged and going somewhere that lifts you and holds you and creates that space. So I, you, what you said about community really struck a chord for me for some reason, because I've been, it's just been changing my life to be in person with, with other people that, are also questioning and seeking and worshiping and just looking for, for that connection with, with God or universal or universe or however you want to. So yeah, I, w- I really want to emphasize that. Because and I, <laughs> I'm going to jump off of this before we get into your book, Yeah, because this is so important, especially now, because think about how many people have been isolated. Think yeah. about what we've been doing as a collective for years now is like only being virtual and not for nothing. This is a technology that also sucks our attention. So there is a sort of like duality there that, yeah, it's amazing that we can connect with people for like from all over the world and do all these things. But 
I do know how important that in person, even like I'm going to orange theory now, which I never would have thought I would have been a workout class girl and being in that community with other people cheering you on and like the energy of it, it changed. It's changing something in me. So it doesn't even have to be like religion or anything. It can be a workout class. And then obviously my local yoga studio is literally my second home. Like I, I now work at the front desk and I love it so much because it gives me that sense of community that I was desperately needing. And I'm someone who was connecting with people throughout this last three years, like virtually all the time. And I was still feeling so isolated and I was still feeling like deep in the shadow work. And like, we had, none of us had anywhere to run to except for our phones, <laughs> but like anything else, we couldn't really run to something external. And we all were forced to have, I think it was a dark night of the soul for like the entire world for two and a half years, three years. And we're still in it in some ways collectively. And I feel like now people are like, oh, I need connection. I need community. I need this because there is a set, sort of empty feeling without it. Yeah. I mean, humans, we, we, it's such a core need to belong. You mentioned dark night of the soul. We definitely look at uh, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, which kind of talks about that a little bit in the book. So that's an important kind of story or structure to me about even framing how you talk about your own life or your own work. And I think definitely for, you know, if you're self-employed or an entrepreneur, I think that that's so critical because a lot of our work is self-driven and we need to be, you know, if you have a small team or you work alone, you're connecting with clients or other people, but it's, it can be very lonely to be self-employed and regardless of who you're serving, it's just everything. It can feel like everything's on you or that you're not, you're not connected to society in some way because it's so, there's a lot of independence and with independence and freedom, you know, the flip side can be this kind of isolated alone feeling because there's a lot of responsibility there too. So I just, I think for entrepreneurs, especially it's like, yeah, build your own thing. Maybe be at a co-working space. Those help me immensely. Um, find, find community, just find the, find it. The people that, you know, I go to a farmer's market around here weekly, like just go connect with people that are different from you and connect with people that are that have a shared sense of values because that will help you to keep your focus as we talked about before, right? Like kind of like external driven and these reward driven or accolade driven versus the internal or the spiritual, sorry, the spiritual and the, it's also, it's these two kind of, it's fit masculine, feminine. Like there's always kind of this like black and white. There's just this duality that we've talked about. And so it's, I think the balancing of, yeah, being on tech, this kind of very, feels masculine to me somehow it feels cold somehow and then being in community and I definitely think that we've been uh we've really swung to one side of of the the pendulum the pendulum has swung to one side very strongly (laughs) and I think we're sort of swinging back but it's it's really keeping that at the forefront especially if you're feeling isolated because also when you start feeling doubtful and isolated you kind of retreat more like it's a sort of it's also kind of a spiral in either direction of like, you keep kind of going more and more. And the thing is, is that yes, going inward is important, but our internal dialogue is sort of fickle. Like it's very based on emotion and and transient sort of fleeting thoughts and feelings that they're not necessarily real or they don't stick around, you know, feelings come and go. And so they're important to tune into. It's important to tune into, to know what messages your body is telling you, you know, what you, what you feel. I think those are important. 
And I think it's, it's really powerful to know that there's, there is this kind of force larger than you powering this whole thing and that you don't have to kind of, if you're just swirling around in your mind about stuff, it's like plug into that bigger power, you know, find a bit of surrender too there, because when we get into our heads about things and kind of keep ruminating and swirling and circling like that energy just doesn't, it doesn't really often lead to places that are productive and it takes us further down that spiral. So I just, I, I think that's so important too, to kind of catch yourself that awareness and we talk about that in the book too but just catching yourself in that spiral and then really redirecting and the practices the rituals help with that too like daily just even small ways and connecting with others that are kind of walking the same or similar path or toward the same end goal that's all going to kind of help you get out of the swirling get out of the this kind of the I don't know. It's like a light switch, your mind, you know, good, bad, good, bad. Like it's, you know, you have one good thing happen in your day. The whole day starts feeling better. One bad thing happens. The whole day starts going downhill. Like it's, we're so sensitive and get, allow ourselves to get pulled in directions. And that shiny object syndrome we talked about too, it's all kind of, okay, well, don't attach yourself to these musings of your mind, this like storm that happens in your mind, like pull, you know, plug into something deeper, bigger, more meaningful, plug into that bigger source that is eternal and everlasting. And this kind of omniscient thing like that will never go away. Plug into that, plug into something that you can really always come back to because your emotions can lead you down all sorts of directions and these, these thoughts spirals. So yeah, I'm glad I got to say that because that's oh definitely what I've been working on lately. And just yeah. being so aware of that, of like what, where are my thoughts? Not just when you're on a mat or when you're in yeah. those moments. Like that's just the work to prepare you for the 20 Literally. the other hours of your day where you've got to navigate. Okay, how am I actually thinking? We have so many recurring thoughts actually when you start to get into it that are just habitual. They're not these like funny, very unproductive thoughts that just kind of are insidious. They they're just pervasive. I notice them in myself, like just things I say about myself. And it's like, wait, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to put the task off. I'm just going to send the email now. Like I'm just, I'm going to be a person. That's another thing that we talk about in the book. Very important. I think uh, Atomic Habits and James Clear's work um, around, it's an identity level shift really. So really being an identity of who do I want to be? What would that person do? That's part of one of the chapters. And I think that's changed my life as well, which is why I put it in the book. And why I'm saying it now is who do I want to be? Right. doesn't matter who I was yesterday. doesn't matter three years ago when I did this awful thing or feeling guilty or whatever, or what I did 10 minutes ago. It's like, okay, yeah, I just spent an hour on Instagram. It sucked my soul. I feel awful. Okay. But now what do I want to do? Okay. I'm going to take the dog for a walk. All right. Redirect, redirect, redirect. Like that's literally in a very small granular way. I feel like what I'm doing all day long. So, yeah. I know that's so beautiful. And I just know like that identity piece is so key. Like I also am in coaching and like, it's really about working with the identity so powerfully because it's working with the identity in a loving lens, like remembering that we are capable and we have that identity within us at all times. It's just that sometimes we can choose actions that are in alignment with that identity. And sometimes we choose actions that aren't. And it's like this you know, swerving back and forth, ebb and flow. But I remember at points like beating myself up because I wasn't that person. 
And I was like, wait a minute, I can choose that to be that person. That's all in my control. That, like that literally I have control over everything else. I don't really have control over, but that I can. And what a beautiful gift. Yeah. Yeah. And you're taking the learning, you know, like it's the whole thing about the shadow or the dark night of the soul or the pain and all of these things I talked about the car accident for me, it's like, you go through pain, you learn something. Hey, I really, you know, it's teaching me something great. It's kind of shaping me into who I want to be. Okay. Now I can choose. I can't, I mean, the past is gone, right? So we can, we can look to it for insight and information, but then, okay, who am I choosing to be now being informed by the past mistakes I've made? That's, I think the whole reason why people study history is they're trying to not repeat those mistakes again. It's the same kind of, you do that for yourself in your life. Like, okay, yeah, I I messed up and I didn't treat this person well, or I had this friendship and I really messed it up, or I dated this person and I really wasn't kind about it. Okay. What would a kind person do now? How would they handle this situation? And that's that shift that that's all we can do is seek to be better. You know, it's like, if, if you're somebody that's not questioning that and not looking to that, that's where I think that the problem lies. If you keep repeating patterns and feeling awful and not being willing to look at them, I think that's way worse than saying, Hey, I've done really some, some mean things or things I am not proud of. And because of them, I changed my whole way of being that's that's a hero's journey right that's like a powerful story to to tell so i definitely that and i think you said something important too around what's in my control i think that's a core tenant at least of like what i learned in my coaching training is really like point a point b where are you where do you want to be why is it important to you so why is it more important than the instagram scrolling and all the other stuff that could take your attention and then what's in your control and really focusing on that as you walk the path through the transformation it's going to take to get you to that point B. I feel like that's what I'm doing all day, every day with myself, with clients, with this book. Like I'm trying, we're walking a path and we've kind of set our end goal in mind and now it's going to meander and it's not going to work out how you thought it will. And the timing might not be exactly as you thought, or it might, but the way that it evolves, the the intricacies, you cannot plan at all. So (laughs) focus on what's in your control, stay with that North star, stay single-mindedly pointed toward what you want, and then continue to be the person you want to be. Focus on your thoughts, your actions, thoughts, actions. Like that's, it sounds so simple. (laughs) The, The execution of it is maybe where we get the challenge, but if you can even lay that out for yourself as like an image, I feel like I should make a graphic myself because that's just that, that's so what coaching is all about. It's what I'm taking people through. They have to pass through the transformation to get to what they want. They're going to be changed as a result. It's that whole hero's journey story. And the main bit in all of it is focusing on what's in your control while you go through. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Oh my God. I love that so much. (laughs) I love everything that you were sharing because it just resonates so deeply with me and do you feel called to share about the book, even though we've gotten into a lot of it, I feel like, like yeah. so much beauty of it, which is amazing because it just happens so seamlessly. And I find that always happens, like the connection between everything. Like, of course, these topics come up when we had nothing planned. Of course it comes up. So it's yeah. just showing that connection between all things and whatever meant to was meant to come through, came through. So if you want to share just the details and anything you feel called to share with our audience today. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and it, I mean, it's, I think it comes up because it's all I've been thinking about. It's my heart and soul. This book is like my heart and soul of the past four years. It's called Memorable Lessons to Leave a Legacy. Um, and it's out November 29th, all things considered. Um, it might be, might be the following Tuesday, so December 2nd, actually, just based on printing and things. But um, it will be out by December 2nd, the latest. And um, you can find it you know, Barnes and Nobles, any kind of big retailers and order it on online. I know you'll share links to that. Yes, I will. Um, And in terms of me, it's really just my, my name on Instagram and everywhere else, my website, everything is sort of tied to my name. Um, I've got two companies that you'll, you can find them kickstart your work and chiefly they're both based off. You'll find them through my name as well. And then Leadware, that is apparel that supports grassroots charities. So we really put profits toward smaller either divisions of big charities, but usually it's it's one location, really just seeing us move the needle with as low as you know $10, $20 and seeing what does that provide. Often it can provide like a whole summer program for a kid, or you know, like you can you can really make it you see what your donation is doing. And I think that's really important. So those are some of the things I do. Um, and the book specifically is 22 skills that will really help you to build a legacy that's meaningful. So kind of going from those cheap thrills to fulfillment and meaning, I think that's what this book will help you to do. So if you're an entrepreneur or employed with a company, I think it's really for anyone that feels like there should be more to life. There should be more to work. Um, you might be swirling around or feeling stuck in your situation, um, or maybe just not being the person you feel you could be kind of feeling like there's more potential. There should be more to what you've created so far. I think that wanting more or wanting different, if you're in that place, I think the book could really be, be for you. So beautiful. And I'm definitely gonna, I can't wait to read it, hold it in my hands. And oh, also- me too. Are you kidding? When I, get, <laughs> I, I want this thing tangibly in front of me, believe me. Oh my goodness. And I feel like it's just a reminder too. like, this is an ever evolving journey. So I feel like having your book to go back to and reflect on is going to be so powerful for people who like, you know, feel okay right now. And they're like, you know, I know my bigger purpose, but like, I know for me, like I'm constantly curious, just like you. And I feel like most people in this realm are constantly curious. So to have these beautiful reflections and skills that you're sharing, I think is just going to be life-changing for so many. And I'm so excited for you. Thanks. Yeah. I think, I think that's what I wanted it to be for sure is that, okay, let's say you want to cultivate more responsibility or more awareness or more trust or um, what else? Resourcefulness, patience. Those are some of the chapters. So it's sort of what you can go in the table of contents and say, you know, I, this is kind of the feeling I want to evoke. This is the, the trait, the kind of person I, I want to cultivate more of this. And so you can, while the chapters do kind of add on to each other and they're cumulative, you can definitely go back and sort of zone in. Okay. I really feel like I'm abdicating my responsibilities. Let me just get a kind of a hit of responsibility and have a list of questions I can ask myself about that too. Oh my God. I love it. That, that just seems so unique too. compare. I mean, I've read hundreds and hundreds of spiritual books. And I just, I feel like it sounds really, really powerful and really unique in the way that you're laying it out. So I can't wait. 
Yeah, thank you. Me either. And I really appreciate you having me here just to, to talk about it. I think, especially for the curious, a whole section of each chapter is literally questions. It's called Ask Yourself. So uh, a, whole que- a whole section of each chapter is devoted to questions that you can ask to cultivate cultivate that skill in yourself more. So definitely for the curious minded, <laughs> for sure. Oh, I love it so much. Thank you for being here, Kalina. And I will put every way that people can connect with you in the show notes. And I'm just so honored that we were able to have this chat today. Oh, me too. Thank you so much for making the time. And we'll, we'll get together again for sure. Yes. If this episode resonated with you, I invite you to share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Erin Panzarella and the show at Energetic Perspectives and share it directly with a loved one who will resonate too. Subscribe to the show to automatically receive the downloads so you never miss an episode. If you are loving the transmission shared here, I'd so love if you rate Energetic Perspectives five stars and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you screenshot your review and DM it to me on Instagram, you'll be gifted a discount on one of my single sessions as a token of my deep gratitude. Send in questions to the podcast by recording a voice note on erinpanzarella.com slash podcast, and I'll tap into an answer from the Akashic Records, provide on-the-spot quantum leap coaching, or answer any questions about me and my work. Select submissions will get featured on the podcast too. I would love to keep connecting on Instagram, connect with me at Erin Panzarella and the show at Energetic Perspectives. And again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning into the show.